This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the long-awaited return of Brewers Talk, the Burton Albion podcast from uh, the Burton Mail. It has been long-awaited, it has been a little while, we've, we've been away but we're back and ready, raring to go with the, the, the new season of course. Just underway now um, and we're here to, to reflect on, on what's been a busy week, it's been a busy summer at the Prelly Stadium and it's been certainly been a busy week as well, league and cup action um, and we'll be discussing that. I'm Joshua Murray, joined uh, by Richard Cusack making his uh, Brewers Talk debut, Rich how are you? Good afternoon Josh, yeah, very well, delighted to be here. Good stuff, and uh, yeah, like you say, we'll, we'll talk all things Brewers, the, the Cardiff City game, Oldham Athletic uh, on Wednesday night in the Carabao Cup, bit of transfer talk, um, and then uh, we'll look ahead as well to, to the Hall City game at return to Championship action this weekend uh, at the KCOM Stadium. But uh, we'll try and go uh, chronologically, so we'll start back on Saturday at the season opener at the, the Prelude Stadium. Obviously, that uh, just like the return of Brewers talk was was long awaited, a return to Championship action, potentially not quite up there in the entertainment stakes, certainly not compared to. The city ground uh, last season with the four-three against Nottingham Forest, Rich, but the Bruce came very close to what would have been a good point against a very good Cardiff side and just uh, got hit late on. A typical early season sort of game, really quite low on quality. Um, sort of eighty-seventh minute winner from Kenneth Sahore, you know, lovely left-footed shot from just outside the box, rifled straight past Bywater. Bruce had a couple of chances, but I actually I tweeted out um, on Saturday, Friday night saying it looks like Forest had used up all their early season goals. Um, yeah. having only won one then against Millwall then it kind of felt the same after that that the Brewers had used up all of their early season goals last, last season in the first game at the City ground but yeah the, the Brewers they had chances though Josh didn't they mm. you know they could have gone they could have gone one up in the first half Irvine um, flashed a shot over the bar from around 30 yards out after being played in from Marvin Sordell uh, Sordell himself he, he really should have scored back and if if, if Lunder gives Sordell a shout to leave it that's a goal isn't it yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? The, the chance was there. I suppose. I suppose the thing is, you know, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? It's, it's day one of forty-six. Um, you know, but a lot of new signings in the side, a lot of new partnerships, positions for, for players. You know, in a slightly different formation as well, potentially from what we might have expected. Um, it's very easy to sort of make a lot of sort of early season knee-jerk reactions, but I think that Brewers fans and we were particularly enthused. You know. It, a lot of it, the stadium did feel deflated afterwards, but there was plenty to be plenty to be sort of uh, to be positive about. Yeah, well, it's, like it. it's a moment of quality, isn't it? You know, Nigel, for me, the, the line of Nigel Clough's sort of line in the post-match press conference was, we, "We know we're going to lose games," and something he said repeatedly last season as a Burton Albion player, you have to get used to that in the championship, yeah. and and that's a, a harsh lesson for them to learn early doors. They'll they'll want to make sure they get over the whole late goal thing. That was a big issue for for a certain period last season, and they got over that back end of last season, and they'll need to get over it. Sort of quicker this time round, really. Um, I suppose three minutes later on, if the full time whistle had gone at nil nil, you'd have looked and said, okay, that they maybe lack slightly at the top end of the pitch, but defensively they look very strong with with a, with a good Cardiff attack. You know that the centre backs managed Jake Buxton and Carmen Fadson managed well against Kenneth Sahore. You know Lee Tomlin was well, was well managed by Stephen Warnock. John Massino in a new position at right back. You know. Had it not been for one moment of quality, you'd probably be looking and saying, well, that Burton Albion defence, which has been strengthened, look, looks good. And I think also the quality that came off the Cardiff bench, yeah, yeah. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, Loic Damore, um, they sort of gave Warlock a bit of a torrid time down the right-hand side. 
um, towards the end there and I think that Club was sort of saying you know Brewers that we don't ha- really have yet anyway until any more new signings come in towards the end of the window we don't really have that sort of quality to bring off the bench like um, like Cardiff did yeah. I think that's sort, of, that sort of told towards the end of games if the Brewers are going to sort of, um, sort of take games to, to a towards the end and they need some quality to bring up a bench try and take the load off the defence because the defence was shifting water towards the end of that game mm. yeah. I, I suppose what was sort of notable and, and it's understandable I mean when you spend a club record fee on a, on a striker you bring him in they would have been expecting to build their attack around him this season suddenly Liam Boyce picks up that, that ACL injury as we know against Shrewsbury in pre-season and, and your plans sort of change and Luke Varney we know was, was sort of coming back from a hamstring injury he played well on Wednesday against Oldham we'll look at that later but you know they didn't have too many options up front. No. Lucas Aikens was was chosen up front, and and I suppose in a way those those sort of striking options or, or the the play up front that's not, that doesn't come overnight. Yeah. That's the sort of thing which does take time. It's going to take a few weeks to bed in the season. The sort of chemistry is going to, going to between new midfielders for likes of Matty Lundho, Pat Pan. They're going to take some time to adjust to the way that sort of Aik- if Aikens is going to start up front now, they're going to adjust to the way Aikens plays the game. We're going back a couple of weeks now, but Tuesday night, um, obviously a couple of days after. Boyce sort of the ACL injury it was confirmed Aiken started up front yeah and, against Leicester yeah, yeah and, and he sort of it kind of gave the Pirelli crowd a little bit of a lift and he played excellent he absolutely dominated that game and he set one up for Akpan and scored himself um, so people sort of the crowd and fans alike sort of went into Saturday's game against Cardiff sort of enthused thinking actually well it's a bit of a nightmare that Boyce is obviously ruled out for the season but Aiken's actually if he plays like that um Every week, nine times out of ten, we've got a chance of actually getting something out of the game. And you could see that in the first half, the way Aikens held the ball up, brought other players into play. Um, you know, a couple of the chances, obviously Dyer's ball across the Sol that came from Aikens' hold up. And obviously yeah. the, the same with Irvine's shot in the first half. The second half, you know, Warnock's Clark Cardiff. We all know what he said in the, in the hard time. The team talk very must have said, you know, they're using Aikens, nullify that threat, and then unfortunately for Burton, they kind of nullify any attack they've got. Really, I suppose the thing is, you know. We know that they're still looking for, for a striker. Nigel Clough said this, you know, it's, it's an area of the pitch they're looking to strengthen, especially with, with Boyce now out. But there's versatility there. If there's, not, if there's not a hell of a lot of strength of depth, Aikens is versatile across the pitch. So they'll, whilst primarily a striker, started on the right at the weekend. Yeah. Luke Varney obviously offers you up there as well. So th- there are those options. And again, this season... You know, we'll probably still be saying it in May. It's the versatility of the Burton Albion squad, given the resources they've got, which is going to be sort of required, isn't it? It, it really is, and I think Varney um, sort of moving on to Oldham. We'll obviously come and talk to Oldham, talk about Oldham in a bit of depth later on. But Varney, sort of with his performance last night, has obviously given Nigel Club a bit of a sort of something to think about. Could, could be leaving yeah. the line with Varney, you know, um, going forward. Is that an option until they bring a striker in, maybe? Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to to the Oldham game on, on Wednesday night when. You know, Nigel Clough made eight changes as you'd as you'd expect. He's, he's sort of, you know, not uh, not sort of backwards and coming forwards about saying as much as they want to progress in the cup competition, the, their bread and butter this season has to be the league as it was last season, as it usually is, and and that's why they made those changes. But equally, as he said, you know, all of those players are first team players. You know, it's not a case of, of rotating the squad. Usually, those players are all in contention for a starting spot in the league. A lot of them made cases for that last night, and, and you mentioned one there, Varney. You know, at the end of the day, he struggled in, in pre-season with with a hamstring problem after the Solihull game, so yeah. potentially isn't quite where he'd have wanted to be. But he proved last night he ran and ran and ran, made some good runs into the channel, showed the awareness for the goal, picking up a loose back pass and taking it around the keeper and slotting it home. And 
you know, an, an encouraging performance, like you say, again, that, that area up front with Boyce's injury and the Bruce still looking for strikers is where we're looking and saying, you know, they need to show quality there now, but, but the, the, the options are still there and Varley's made a case, hasn't he? Well, definitely, and Varley last night, yeah, I mean, he really he raced onto that back pass and it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy finish either. He was still some way out from the goal, yeah, on yeah. the right-hand side of the penalty box. He still had to take it round the keeper and he was switched on and alert and that kind of showed to me that Varney's still got that pace. If Clough wants to go with pace up front, he's got it in Varney. Yeah, that, that, the Varney finish for me as well was one of those where, like, when you look at it, you know, you watch the replay back and you sort of think, oh, he's always got to slot that home. But, you know, he was still a distance he was, he out there still, and he got a defender bearing down on him and, and it would have been quite easy to sort of slide it wide. I know five aside, I'd have, I'd have put it sort of, well, off target. But mind you, I wouldn't have got to the back pass in the first... I'd have put it first. in the top corner in my dreams. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone... I wouldn't have got to the back pass in the first place, but um, I mean on the autumn game in, in general, it was it was a thriller really. You know, uh, at the end of the day, a, a sort of an early season game. Obviously, two sides wanting to progress in the cup, but, but you know the pressure may be slightly off, and you couldn't believe it was nil nil at half time. No. Um, but it was largely f- uh, at the Burton end down to, to Connor Ripley, that, that sort of, you know, a couple what of brilliant saves. Um, obviously back at Oldham as well, and and I suppose his signing came in this this week. You know, we talk we talk about back to Cardiff. It's been such a busy week. You know, he came in on on Monday, wasn't it? And very very early doors but showed the quality and the stature we spoke to him as well in midweek and, and he's also got the confidence and self-belief yeah, of, of, a, of a keeper you think could make a big impact and you know competing I suppose in a way with Stephen Bywater yeah. suddenly the Brewers look very strong in the goalkeeping department well he's sort of he's physically a presence as well he's a big guy you know he managed to get to that save there managed to sort of stretch out and tip um, tip that header onto the post and that was a really good acrobatic save that sort of shows the quality there if it wasn't, if it wasn't for everyone to see you know it really sort of showed what he can bring to the table. And we sort of spoke to uh, Nigel uh, on Tuesday morning, didn't we? And I asked him, well, is it good that you brought a keeper in to try and keep those standards high? You know, he said before in the summer that he was quite happy to go into the season with Bywater as his number one. But, and he said that while there won't be technically be, well, a specifically a number one, yeah. I think it's always good to have two keepers in competition because it keeps the standards high. If you know you're going to start every week in that position, you stand. You might think, well, I don't have to train as hard or I don't have to sort of like... My performances, if they do drop, then I'm still assured because there's no one competing for, for the spot. Um, I also think as well that Bywater's experience will help Ripley out yeah, a lot. Yeah. You know, he's a player who's gone... Fair play to Ripley, but said this to him. You know, he's gone and played games. He's gone to Sweden. He's gone to Motherwell. He's dropped down a level to Oldham. Um, he's proved to Middlesbrough, his, his parent club, they're obviously vying for promotion back to the Premier League. They've just signed Darren Randolph from West Ham, so which is why he wasn't get, getting a look in, understandably. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that he can really be an asset to the Brewers this season. The, the funny thing is, though, isn't it? You know, obviously when John McLaughlin left in the in the summer, such a stalwart for the Brewers and with young Harry Campbell sort of still learning and, and certainly a part of match their squads and whatever. But Bywater was that main senior option, um, and the Brewers sort of almost top of the list was getting a new keeper in, but. Actually, Bywater has barely put a foot wrong. He came in obviously against Birmingham back in the last season when McLaughlin put, picked up that injury, and he's made save after save, good interventions throughout that run. And even at the start of the season, again, you know, Leicester he talked about that pre-season game, made a couple of brilliant saves against Cardiff. Some brilliant saves, yeah. but doing nothing about the winner at the end. And in, and that's exactly what Burton need with a new keeper in now. Ripley isn't just going to come in and think, oh, I'm just wandering straight to the number one spot, and and that's me for the season. I'll have another good loan spell. That's a healthy competition that Burton need yeah. at the back there because if the defence is going to be watertight this season, the, the keep they need to have a strong keeper behind them. And just cast your mind back to sort of that um, that famous day in Burton's history now at Barnsley at Oakwell. I mean, I still can't um, I still can't comprehend that save. Yeah, I forget which. I think I think it was like Angus, Angus McDonald, McDonald, wasn't it? Yeah. 
there's a you know I've seen the video I've seen the replays and it seems to move in slow mo you know I don't get how he managed to get down to that and claw that header away I suppose it's it's one of those saves now isn't it you know Var- Varney's header which obviously was the the goal that kept them kept them up secured them safety with it with a week to go Bywater's save will be lodged right in alongside that in that game because it would have been two 0 and would have been it, probably game over that was kind of the moment for me and I don't know about you Josh but any other Brewers fans but that was kind of the moment for me where I thought actually yeah they might be all right with him going into the season because obviously you know he's, he's looked very good to me I, I, and I think. Again, you know, suddenly Albion are looking and saying they've got two very, very good goalkeepers there. Nigel Clough has, has said, you know, Ripley obviously got his debut last night against Oldham. Bywater will play uh, on Saturday against Hull and will obviously play against uh, Middlesbrough uh, yeah. three days later because uh, Ripley can't play against his parent club. And then he said they'll assess it after that. And, um, you know, if Bywater turns in a couple more performances as he has done recently, then, then Ripley's going to find it really difficult in the sh- very short term to get in there. But equally, you know, we saw from Ripley as he's saying that first half against Oldham what he can offer. Um, in the second half, it was it was at the other end really where, where the action was taking place. I mean, Ripley was beaten twice, couldn't do neither nothing about either goals. Paul Green um, lobbed in a free kick which sort of deceived everyone, um, and then the penalty which, which put Oldham two one up yeah. again. You know, couldn't do anything about it. But I think for, the foul was on was on Ryan McLaughlin, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. was a menace all game. Yeah, he really gave John Mussino um, a torrid time down that down that left hand side, that left wing. Former Liverpool man, obviously, you can tell by by his, sort of his pace, his skill, his trickery. Um, it was just unfortunate. We'll touch on this later that he was the player who gave away the penalty. That yeah, well, put, gave the Brewers the game. That's it. For me, the, the, the you know the thing to take from that Oldham win as well as as well as obviously the fact that they progressed to the next round and it gives them the shot. We'll, we'll find out tonight. You, you'll probably be listening to this podcast after the draw has been made. But as we're recording it, we don't know who they'll be playing in the next round. But you know they're an unseeded side, Burton, so they'll be drawn against a seeded side, potentially a Premier League team. Um, it gives them an opportunity of a, of, a, of a big tie. That in itself is big, and getting a first win on the board is big. But for me, it was the character they showed. They bossed the game. They bossed possession. Suddenly, they found themselves two-one down. They could have wilted. Um, instead, they came right back, came straight back into it. Joe Sabara, brilliant run, linked up with with Ben Fox. Those two Excellent. youngsters were were fantastic. Excellent again. play from Joe Sabara. Yeah. Like I say, little, little give and go with Ben Fox. Sort of went sort of out towards the wing, and you're thinking actually he's going away from goal here. Then he spins and puts the ball in, and Matty Lund there. Yeah. I know you're about to say probably what I'm about to say now, but that Matty Lund sort of third man run from from midfield into the box, you know, Rochdale fans will, will know exactly what we're, talk, we're talking it's about. What you signed for, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, that's it. And then they showed that that character to do that, and then they again sort of boss possession really from then on in. And, and you alluded to the fact that it was the unfortunate McLaughlin who played so well for Oldham, who brought Damien McCrory down, and Lucas Aiken steps up. We weren't sure who's going to be penalty taker actually because Lund took one. Um, in pre-season the one against Mickleover I think it was yeah. um, but it was Aiken who, who stepped forward and, and took it and slotted it home and, and the Brewers are through and uh, and as we say we sort of wait to see who they'll play I'm sure by the th- time you listen to this podcast we'll know but that game that game will come up in a couple of weeks and Burton again will be, will be wanting to sort of you know, push on really because a good cut run you know it's cliched as it is it builds momentum in the league as well well the thing is I don't think you can discount sort of um, let's not forget that this time last year I think it was um it was a record attendance set of the Pirelli yeah, in the Liverpool yeah. game. So these get, if you can draw a big team, obviously Liverpool won't be involved because they finished eighth last uh, the season before last, which meant they were they entered the uh, EFL Cup as it was known then in the second round. If you can draw a big team and get the crowd in, like you say, it's always good to bring a Premier League side down, see some of the players on the show. We saw that in pre-season when the likes of Mares turned up with Leicester and yeah. Jay Rodriguez turned up with West Brom, um, and it also I think it does provide. A nice distraction from what is going to be a pretty tough battle again this year in the Championship. Yeah, absolutely. We're, 
we'll move on seamlessly, seamlessly back onto the championship then and, and looking ahead to, to the game this weekend. Um, Cup heroics out the way. Um, as we say, the draw will be made and the players will dwell on that and then they'll, I'm sure, turn their attention immediately to, to the KCOM Stadium because uh, Nigel Clough sort of said it with a wry smile on his face a few times, but the start that Burton Albion have been handed in the Championship, this run they've now got, um, these back-to-back away games against Hull and Middlesbrough, two teams down from the Premier League, is going to be tough. It starts, as we say, against Hull City and, you know, it's it's always hard, a little bit hard to know what to expect from sides who just come down from the Premier League. Whether they'll take a bit of a while to adapt, but judging by the way they, you know, they drew, came from behind to draw against Villa, who are fancied to, to potentially win the league. You know, it's it's going to be a tough ask for the Brewers this weekend. Well, yeah, I think Hull are one of those teams where I really can't. I don't know if they'll bounce back up. I, honestly, I can't put. They've, they've, they've let go of that many players. I've got a list in front of me now. They've they've, uh, let, they've sold Huddles, Tom Huddleston and Curtis Davis to Derby. Um, Ahmed El Mohamed has gone to Aston Villa. Elden Yakupovic and Harry Maguire have gone to Leicester. Andy Robertson has gone to the gone to Liverpool. So they've lost a lot of quality in that team, an awful lot of quality. Um, so I, so I'm, I'm really not sure what to expect from this whole side. They've got a, a manager. The first, I think I'm right in saying the first Russian manager ever in the, in the Premier um, Championship. In the Championship, I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, who was actually at Boundary Park on Wednesday night to watch. Um, Burton I sort of bumped into him in the corridor thinking who's, who, I recognise him and I'll obviously recognise him from the TV on Sunday afternoon um, so yeah I can't really sort of um, I'm not too sure what to expect from Hull Hull this year I mean do we sort of other fans there's obviously a lot going off uh, behind the scenes with the um, the Alan family and the, the Hull City Tigers um, controversy that's happening there and stuff do the fans sort of um, respond um, on Saturday and come out and back the team or, or do we um, do we stay away and does it create a bit of an atmosphere where you're sort of turning up thinking hang on this is a team that's been in the Premier League like three or four times in the last decade and you're thinking well actually you know they don't look very much like a former Premier League side I'm, I really don't know what to expect I, I, I mean I get the impression I spoke to, to a colleague from, from uh, our sister title the, the Hall Daily Mail you know sort of a, about the feeling among supporters about the situation is and, and he sort of seems to suggest that most supporters have probably taken mid-table finish. Again, you, you mentioned all those players who, who've gone out. They've only brought, I think, five in to replace them over the summer. Um, well, they've spent, they've spent money. They've spent eight, about eight million on Robertson on Kevin Stewart from, yeah. from Liverpool. They've also brought in Andre Mazouk uh, from Sparta Prague, a player I'll admit it, I don't know a lot about, and I'm sure we'll find out. They brought Callum Burton in from Shrewsbury Town and Liam Edwards on a free transfer. So, you know, they've lost a lot of quality, and, and they haven't really, they haven't really replaced it. This is it. I mean, it's what happens when you go to the championship. But, but I think that's why supporters. I mean, they brought Sebastian Larson in as well. He signed just yesterday. Um, whether he'll play against the Brewers remains to be seen. But you know, it's it's obviously about adapting to, to a new level. They've got plenty of experience at this level. But again, as uh, as you often say when you're playing a, rele- a relegated team, is it best to play them early? You know, when they're still adapting, they're still coming down, getting used once again to, to this level. Exactly. Yeah. Is it a good time to catch a team like uh, like Hollywood who are still sort of perhaps? Shell shocked from from you know Marco Silva. He nearly kept them up. Mm, you know yeah. they, they had a very good chance of staying. I mean, you look at the Premier League table from last season. You can't believe that Watford finished a place above Hull. That was quite. That was sort of the. Uh, that was how many teams were involved in the relegation yeah, dogfight. Yeah. And then the Hull, it really sort of started to look in sort of February March time like they might actually complete what you know a great escape. What what a great escape that would have been. But alas, it wasn't to be. And I think a lot of. 
I think you're right. In, you're right in what you're saying that sort of it's a good time to catch these relegated teams. Like it's early on, the, you know, in the season. Be interesting to see how the, the Brewers line up, of, of course, you know, and, and how they sort of approach things. You think back to the away games twelve months ago at the start of last season. We've already sort of quickly touched upon the the game at the City Ground when they were, they were so attacking. They took games to, to teams on the road. I think back to Villa Park as well on, on Boxing Day last season when they they outplayed Villa and were really unlucky to lose two one. Whether they'll they'll go with that sort of approach on the road, or whether they'll adopt the style that, that served them well in the back end of last season, which was a little bit more pragmatic, sort of frustrating teams and then hitting them on the counter, um, is that how you potentially think they, they might they might try and sort of stifle Hull a little bit this weekend and then use the pace, you know, the running from midfield, your Irvines, your Lunds to, to sort of find that breakthrough. Well, well Nigel Club says and the players here, they're always one of the fittest teams in the division. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like you say, it's an interesting sort of um, sort of question, one we'll only really know the answer to. Come, come Saturday evening how will like you say how will Burton approach these go into these sort of big teams in the division and these heavyweight teams who are coming down from the Premier League these big sides and I mean I'm not really sure what, what they'll do I think in terms of defence you, you can't discount how experienced that defence that, that defence is a lot more experienced you know heading to heading to the, the KCOM Stadium I think it's known as now yeah, yeah. you know so I think I don't think you can discount the effect of that um, I think the likes of Stephen Warnock, Jake Buxton, sort of going there. They'll know. They'll know exactly how to play on the road against against these sort of teams. So I think I really do think that'll help. Yeah. But in terms of sort of direction and where they're going to go, I mean, we saw last night they played on the front foot away from home. They yeah. dominated possession and, on Wednesday night, and they look good. You know, and, and they have got a variety. Okay, Nigel Clough goes. You know, has, has said regularly about the fact that they only have really a bare eighteen or nineteen in the squad. But even in that eighteen or nineteen. They have a variety of players. You know, you look at the midfield and the variety they've got in midfield. Murphy, that sort of screening midfielder, who's also quality on the ball. Matt Palmer, the quality he offers, the composure, he's the, the time, real headache the now. time he shows, yeah, on the ball. And then equally, you've got you know your Akpans, and then obviously London and Irvine, who offer more of a sort of a threat going forward. They've got that variety to, to change things up against Hull. Um, obviously, a lot of it will depend on, on Hull, how Hull approach the game and. The other big question is is how they go sort of up front. Whether Varney does start, although he had a, a big run out on Wednesday night, it might be tough to recover that quickly. Akins has played two ninety minutes in a week. And can he? Can, can, yeah, himself, it wasn't ideal. But he can he expect to play time. again? Oh, certainly, as a sort of as a lone striker with all the work, or we'll Sordell be favoured up there? And I've got a feeling maybe Sordell might, you know, maybe flick back to sort of the uh, the Huddersfield Town sort of performance away last season. It remains to be seen, but. It'll be interesting, of course, as well, to see if they can get on the board because we've had this conversation a few times, sort of off the air. Rich is, is basically, uh, you know, they need, to, as always with any team, you want to get a first point or a first win on the board as quickly as possible. Get that monkey off your back. Is is this the, the game where they can do that? Well, I think last night will certainly have helped. Um, I think if they'd have lost last night, took it to extra time, pens, you never know what sort of effect that that would have on them. But I think you can definitely say that the fact they battled back from two one down, albeit against an Oldham side, you know. But it, in League One, but you know, Oldham, Oldham took the game to them. You know, leading at some, leading at one point. I don't think you can sort of, um, I don't think you can sort of like discount the effect that 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 win last night would have had. But like you say, Championship. If you, if you don't get a, if you don't get a point on Saturday, do you get a point at the Riverside against Borough on Tuesday? Tough, I don't it, think you do. Anything can happen in football. We know that. Then you're looking at Friday night. You know, the Brewers have got three games in in under in under a week. You know, they, they also had last Wednesday the uh, Oldham game moved to a Wednesday night for whatever reason. Who knows? Um, so then you've got Birmingham at home, who are looking resurgent under Harry Redknapp next Friday night. Um, and then you're sort of thinking, well, yeah, if you don't get a point on Saturday, it could be four games into the season. You know, 
you start to wonder where, where do your points come from and it's always in the back of your mind mate you're thinking well yeah we need to get a point on the board we need to get some points on the board and that's what Lucas Aiken said um, yeah. Saturday L- Lucas obviously the gentleman in football he um, always very affable very talkative he um, he was saying to me afterwards look you know we want to bounce back we know we can bounce back so there's absolutely I'm under no illusions that the team will definitely be in the right frame of mind to go to Saturday's game and, that, and Wednesday night's win will have definitely helped yeah I, I, so you're very right there and, and I think that's the, the issue with the championship and just how competitive it is that you can get a little bit carried away and look ahead to the fixtures and think where are the points going to be coming from but every side is going to be thinking the same thing I think looking at the fixture list and you know Burton Albion are no different but equally teams are going to be looking at Burton and, and knowing how notoriously difficult they became to beat at the back end of last season Birmingham will be thinking well we got turned over at the Premier last season twice you last know. season as well so, St Andrews as yeah. well so Equally, I, I think it's all about getting. You, you want to get that ball rolling, but there'll be, there'll be no panic stations again, as Nigel Clough said. You know, as we sort of said at the top of this podcast, that I've been going to lose games this season. That's just the way it goes. Um, it's about how they sort of bounce back from that, and you know, they'll, they'll go to Hall confident of, of what they can do, and, and we'll see see what the game plan is. One person though that is unlikely to feature for the Brewers on Saturday and we'll finish the podcast on this player um, we believe he's unlikely to play anyway is Tom Flanagan who's the latest well I say new signing I, I don't really sort of know how to, to sort of word it is he a new signer or not or is he just sort of you know signing a contract extension obviously uh, was out of contract in the summer was offered new terms um, we expected him to sign that and then uh, he decided not he decided to go elsewhere uh, or to, to sort of look elsewhere decided not to sign the contract anyway um, it looked as if that would be that that was back in June and that two months down the line uh, just yesterday a few hours before the Oldham game uh, the Brewers uh, confirmed that he had signed a new two year deal at the Prelly Stadium so he's back um, we expect primarily as a right back option that they've got yeah. a wealth of centre back options and uh, yeah, as we say, unlikely to play this weekend. He has been training in pre-season with Eastleigh and by himself, and he says that he's sort of ready and ready to go whenever. Um, it's probably going to be in the next couple of weeks. We'll see him more. But Rich, you know, a player who really impressed back end of last season. You know, it's going to be a case of water under the bridge, and there'll be some fans who are a little bit critical. But at the end of the day, he's got quality to offer. But he has, and he'll be keen to knuckle down this year. Not least because, obviously, as a result of his performances for Burton here in his first Northern Ireland, uh, yeah, yeah. Northern Ireland cap. Um, against New Zealand I believe it was so he'll he'll be sort of you know like Nigel Clough said there'll be a lot of ribbing from the players there'll be a lot of but then it's time to knuckle down and then it's watered under the bridge like you say then it's time to put things to one side and I think I've said in the piece I wrote earlier credit to Nigel Clough credit to Sherman Ben Robinson because they've sort of now isn't really the time for them they can't really afford to hold grudges or you know let these players slip away Flanagan can do a job and he, do, he can do a job very well and we were sort of looking at what formation will be lined up um, obviously we don't expect him to play against Hull um, we can probably almost certainly say he won't play against Hull with regards to Middlesbrough and uh, Birmingham uh, we're not too sure we'll probably find out on Saturday but he sort of like you say if they do decide to go 3-5-2 and put um, Varney and Sordell up front um, <coughs> and move Aikens out to the right does that mean that sort of Aikens can play up front with Sordell if Varney drops to the bench then and Flanagan deputy, comes in at right back or does he play in a three-man centre-back? It just gives Nigel Clough another option there. Yeah, that defence was well-packed now. I Like I said, I, I personally think you look at the centre-back options they've got, um, you know, with McFadden and Buxton, Warnock has played there, Massinho, Naylor, that's where Clough sees Naylor playing. He was excellent yeah. on Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was very good. He's an, sorry to interrupt, Josh, but he's another one um, who... He was told in the summer, uh, we spoke to him after Solihull, I think it was, yeah. he was told by Nigel Clough that his future is at centre-back. 
Um, but well, like you say, they're, they're sort of they they've got a real arsenal in midfield now, and I don't see Naylor breaking past the likes of Lundak, Pan, Murphy, Irvine. I don't really see him playing in centre mid going forward. But he showed. I think he he put in a crunching tackle um, last last night. Well, I say Wednesday night against the. Uh, Against Oliver, it's the way that he brings the ball out from the back. He's a ball playing play, player, probably a ball player, and he does that very well coming out of the back. You yeah. know, so it, he's another interesting one there. Yeah, and they've got a lot of options at centre back, like you say. Now this is it. Ben Turner as well. Once once he returns from his suspension, so for me, Flanagan is is your option at, at right back where they sort of did need bolstering, and also as we know, he played a lot at, at wing back, both on the left and right last season. So. If they again go to that three-man sort of three-man central defence, then he, he can feature out wide as well. So time will tell us as to sort of exactly where Nigel Plus sees him in playing, but that's where we expect him to play. As we say, when he'll sort of make his his first start on returning, again r- remains to be seen. Very uh, unlikely to, to be at the KCON this weekend. Um, again, we can second guess sort of how they'll line up, but but given that he's not. You know his first training session back with the Bruce is going to be on Friday. Um, that'll be a you very, very assume, quick turnaround, yeah. wouldn't it? I think also just just a very quickly quick point. It gives it, the most important thing it does now is we saw John Mussino started at right back last uh, Wednesday night. He also started at right back on Saturday. It gives um, again we always talk about competition for places. It, it gives Clough another another sort of. Um, Another player in the right back position to sort of jostle for a starting thing. Yeah. I think it's always good to have a healthy competition, especially in that defence now, which is you're looking at the defence to sort of make up for the loss of the attacking potency of obviously Boyce's injury now. You're looking at that defence now to really sort of really, really be stingy now in this season. Yeah, realistically now, in terms of. You know, Nigel Clough said uh, a week ago that he was still looking at four players when well, he's brought Ripley in. Obviously, Flanagan has now come back, so we can probably make an educated guess that he's still looking for two signings before the end of the window. They're going to be further upfield, probably certain of that. We know he's looking for another striker. Um, again, you know, he said that the calls are being made and inquiries are made and, and they chase things up. Um, still a, a few weeks left, I'm sure that there's plenty of twists and turns uh, yet before before the uh, the end of the, uh, the transfer window. Um that is about it from us on on Brewers Talk. That's a decent sort of return to action for us um, after after the first week of action. As I say, we'll uh, we'll be back weekly now uh, throughout the season, looking at how the Brewers are getting on. We also want to make this as interactive as possible. If you guys want to get in touch, please do. And also, we're hoping to sort of open it up to to Burton Albion supporters. Hopefully, try and get you on on the podcast as well. Uh, we'll, we'll give a bit more information about that at a later date and try and get that sorted. But for now, uh, from myself and from Rich, uh, goodbye, and we'll uh, we'll see you next at uh, the KCOM Stadium on Saturday. We'll be live blogging as ever. BurtonMail.co.uk/sport um, to follow. Uh, the Brewers against Hall City.